0: Welcome to the re brought to you by the Children's Rehabilitation Institute, Telethon, USA.
1: Hey, this is Laura. And this is Natalie. We're
2: two therapists who work at CRIT, the Children's Rehabilitation Institute, Telethon, USA. We wanted to provide the community with an outlet for their stories and resources and for families they may not have access or know how to begin. We hope that through these interviews, we can continue to serve our families and the pediatric therapy community with knowledge and education from a distance.
1: Join us as we speak with some of our patients and their families about their diagnosis and discuss how CRIT has helped them navigate their unique challenges. Thanks for listening.
2: This episode was recorded in October. Things may have changed since this recording. Enjoy! This month, we are celebrating occupational therapy. Occupational therapy is often referred to as just arm therapy, but really it's so much more. On today's episode, we want to introduce to you two of our very own occupational therapists, Rudy and Becky.
1: You will also get some advice from one of our former therapists who we miss dearly. She's back in her home state in Utah with her family, Miss um, Carly. She's going to give us some advice on how you can help your child or patient remain engaged when your only option may be using the computer. She gives fun tips on how to keep your computer sessions super interesting.
2: First up on the show, we have Rudy joining us by telephone to talk about his definition of occupational therapy, how to use an adaptive switch toy, and how you can make it at home. Enjoy. the re brought to you by CRIT. All right, so here at CRIT, we have a lot of resources to be able to provide educational opportunities for our patients and our families, um, and those we get to serve, and one of those is our huge occupational therapy department. Um, we have a team of incredible people that get to provide these services, and we have Rudy here with us today. Hey, Rudy, how's it going? It's going
3: great. It's going great.
2: <laughs> Can you tell me how long you have been at CRIT?
3: I uh, actually, I've been in Craig since it first opened. Believe it or not, I remember we went in and we went to orientation. We were still, uh, they were still working on the floors, on the on the uh, windows, and uh, we're uh, stacking furniture. So I was there at the beginning when we first opened, yes.
2: Mm-hmm. Oh, wow. How long have you been an occupational therapist?
3: Well, thank you for bringing that up, you know, and my age. So, <laughs> but, you know. Actually I've been practicing occupational therapy since ninety three. You know, since ninety three. Uh, it's been it's been a joy, you know, it's a very it's been wonderful, you know, I think I, I made a good deal in, in my career. Uh, you know, I of course I went to uh, the University of Texas in Galveston, that's where I got my uh, degree in occupational therapy. And from there my uh, you know, I become
2: historic in the the
3: field of occupational.
2: Oh, wow. that's awesome. Uh, so I will say, when I was in grad school, I was quite embarrassed. Um, we were asked, "What do you think occupational therapy is?" And our professor asked us, "Hey, what do you think occupations are?" And of course, we started saying dentist and doctor. And then she's like, "But what about occupations of life?" And everyone's like, "What do you mean?" So can you tell us a little bit about what OT gets to do in your sessions?
3: Well. Yeah, well, you're talking about in my sessions, you're referring to uh, the, the population at our facility at our facility. Yes. crib here, you know, and, uh, you know, of course, uh, what does a kid do, you ask yourself, what is that, what is the function of our kiddos, what is the function of our typical two-year-old, what is the function of our typical nine-year-old, what is the, you know, those those functions are different, you know, so, like, you get a two-year-old, what does a two-year-old do? year old grabs a rattle and shakes it around and, and enjoys and has fun. What does a nine year old do? A nine year old, you know, does arts and crafts needs to be able to utilize a uh, tea with the scissors or, or maybe a little more independence with, with uh, dressing and, and simple meal preps, you know, start getting a little of that independence. What does a 17 year old do? You know, a 17 year old needs uh, to have a typical balance and and understanding uh, responsibility whether it's uh, getting Schedule uh, together, whether it's sequence. You know, there's a lot of things, a lot of functions that that we do throughout our stages of life. So you know, basically, they, uh, what does occupational therapy do? We ask ourselves, what should our, what should the kid be doing at this stage? You know, to function. Uh, you know, and that's that's a yeah, question that should be asked.
2: Wow. Mm-hmm. So. It's definitely a lot more than just working with hands and arms, sounds like.
3: <laughs> so. Yeah, yeah. Uh, but, you know, if you think about it, uh, you know, that's there sometimes. That's okay. It's okay because, you know, do you, do you realize that when it comes to the hand, that to, the, that to this day, robotic engineers have yet to duplicate the hand 100%. You know, they've done the legs, they've got the arms and the shoulders, they've done a whole uh, the entire studio. Human body robot, but yet they have yet to duplicate the hand precisely as a human. So I consider the hands as one of God's masterpieces. So, We have that uh,
2: stigma, that stereotype, hey, I'm okay with that. Well, I know, uh, of course, like many other disciplines here at CREAT, one of the big things occupational therapy does is also educate our families. Um, And I know CREAT, in a COVID world that's really difficult, but CREAT has been able to provide these educational sessions for our families. And this adaptive switch toy device came about. Um, And I believe you kind of helped head that up and promote that to our families. Can you tell us a little bit about this adaptive switch toy? Yes,
3: uh, thank you for bringing that up. You know, uh, I I consider this a game changer, you know. But before I go on, let me, let me, let's just backtrack a little bit of you know, to set the storyline here. You know, I remember myself, and you probably could relate, everybody could relate, uh, growing up, you know, growing up, and there's two kinds of play, you know, we would play with others, you know, and uh, we would play, you know, individually. Uh, when we played with others, I remember, uh, it would be a, a, a simple game as uh, playing musical chairs. I remember I was I was responsible for turning on and turning off the music, doing musical chairs, and I had a blast. I was laughing, I was you know, I was you know, I was interacting with, with you know, with uh, you know my friends there that we were all playing musical chairs. Yet I was the one that was pushing the button to turn on and off the radio, and that's all I was doing. But yet that was enough to be engaged in the game of musical chairs. So all I was doing was pushing that button on and off. You know what I mean? But, and that was fun. You know, and I was interacting with others and all that. So so just because I wasn't playing in the an actual musical chair uh, going around the chair trying to find a chair and beat someone to feet. that doesn't mean i was not engaged i was engaged in this other way you know and then individually individually okay i'll talk about the 80s because that's when i you know that was my era you know uh, there were a lot of video games that's when the video game explosion kicked in and i remember using a joystick or a push button to play these typical games of Galaga and, and Defender and all these games, and asteroids, and all I was doing was pushing the button back and forth, pushing the button, pushing the button, and I was entertaining myself and playing for hours, and all I was doing was pushing the button, right? Sure. <laughs> I mean, I'm sure, I'm sure you're you're, you're <laughs> you know, but do you see the difference between? Uh, the descriptive the, the, the that I gave. can you picture that do you, of those the difference you know when I was doing was pushing a button, and yet I was engaged with others or I was engaged by myself do you, do you recall those moments and can you uh, relate
2: mm-hmm. yeah definitely I definitely remember growing up playing video games and that's exactly what it is It's just pushing a button yeah. but you were engaged exactly
3: <laughs> yeah exactly yeah so when I say that uh, you know then let's talk about our movements I can't occupy I all I was doing was pushing my button whether it was on that video game or whether it was playing musical change and charge of that radio, you know, all I was doing was pushing that button, you know, so so here we are. Here we are with our kids with uh limited uh, movements, you know, they might not be able to to walk, to run, to jump, or or, or, or you know, but the movements that we think of we movements. So they're very, very limited. Well what I what I've come up with is that you know, the games that, that Lala and yourself have made with these kiddos, whether it's uh, increased their movements of, of their arms or, or um, their shoulder or, or even talking of their heads, you know, and all that, I've used those movements to 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 make it functional and to introduce that movement so that they could play in the two examples I gave. So, for example, uh, you know, um, the movement of the arm, you know, wait, okay, so uh, I know I know, uh, Natalie and Lara, you guys have been great in, in getting them to move their arms, so now I have them reach forward for, for a button. I notice that, uh, you know, when you sit them you you have them tilt their heads, you know, for the equilibrium, so maybe tilt their head to, to hit a switch, you know, or, you know, the fingers, you know, get them to open up their fingers, you know, uh, just
2: not uh, They could push that button, you know, so those games, you know, can be,
3: we could utilize to make it very purposeful, but also, you know, improve the quality of life. And how? By what you were just talking, these adapters, these switches, you know. uh, You know, what, what we do is, I've gotten this toy, and let's think of a toy. You know that toy, that little puppy dog that you turn on and off and he takes two or three steps and then he barks and then there's a flip? You know that, right?
2: Yes, <laughs> yes.
3: Yeah, that, or that little robot you, you turn on and, and he takes a few steps and then he spins his head and all that, you know, that, <laughs> you know, or, or, you know. switches, so you know. And what we could do is, well, what it is, is we get a little battery adapter, that a that, uh, little adapter that interrupts the battery. And then from there we apply a switch based on what well, I we as a team, because it's not about me, it's about what you want, the games that you introduce, introduced, the programs you introduced Mandy, or or the games that Laura has made. It's as a team, we reach out, you know, we use those games and decide what kind of switch, what whether it's a button, whether it's a joystick, whether, you know, whatever we decide to do based on the movements that they gained. Uh, we adapt that, that toy so that now, for example, they could play those examples of, of turning on and off the, the, the radio so that others can play musical chairs and have a blast with others or play that, that game of on and off, you know, like the, the little game that I said, that I mentioned when I grew up with, you know, all it was was pushing a button to get them strong enough to reach for that button or, or their hands strong enough to continue pushing that button to see a cause and effect of, what happens? And uh, basically, they they you know they they have fun. They engage. They play. They, that's what kids are supposed to do. You know, they're supposed to play. You know, you know it's great that they listen to music. It's great that they watch TV. But you know, this is uh, something that they could do. That they they're in control of that switch or that button. They're in control. And basically when you play, that's also, you know, you play, you're in control, you know, you're in control and uh, it's not just entertainment, you're playing, there's a difference, you know, so basically getting an adapter to, to interrupt the battery of that of that toy or that uh, gadget, radio or light switch, whatever, you know, sometimes they can play uh, red light, you know, <laughs> or, you know. So, so getting that uh, uh, interrupter, we call it battery adapter, and then, uh determine, as a team, what kind of switch, or what kind of button would be best, or that they could master, as a keyword, that they could master so they could continue, on. and then from there, we uh, we uh, show the uh, families, and it, it makes so much more sense, and uh, I think uh, we've already done it to some of
2: our kiddos, you know, I mean, I think I think they're great news. For <laughs> yeah. yeah. Um, it's, okay. it's definitely sounds like it can... Uh, uh, benefit anybody for sure. I mean, it sounds like I would love to use this in TR. Um, and you, you mentioned that you can change uh, the switch, whether it's a button or a joystick. So as they get better, it sounds like they can, once they master something, they can work on a new skill. It provides growth. Yes, yes, uh, yes. That's a good point you
3: said, because not only, okay, first off, that switch is a it's an uh, it can it's it's basically more a plug switch so uh, an adapter switch so you could take it off and put it on another pole take it off and put it on another gadget so it's not uh, it's not necessarily uh, committed to one toy or one gadget or you're right uh, basically uh, you could uh, maybe they they uh, progressed and you could get a different kind of switch instead. And what happens is that now they could use, uh, not just a push button, but maybe a joystick, or maybe now a, uh, some sort of a head gadget, you know, because they're moving more, you know, so. Uh, and what happens is that when you're playing, Anything, whether whether you know whether you're playing on a video game or whether you're playing a board, when you're playing, you're, you lose track of time. And believe it or not, that skill that they have, whether I got them to move their shoulder to reach for that button or or squeeze their hand for that joystick, they're using it more. So that in a way is, is awesome. It's very therapeutic because they're utilizing they're utilizing their muscles because they're not they're not just doing repetitive exercises. Which or can be, or actually, <laughs> before you know it, they uh,
2: used their shoulder movement for the last hour because they were playing and they, they lost back time. Sure. Wow. All right. You definitely touched on how to make it, getting that battery adapter and providing a switch. Where can you purchase these items? I'm sure there's some that exist out there, but it might sound a little pricey. So do you have any advice on where to look yeah. for these? Well,
3: the, well. the thing is, is that we do have, you know, we do have, uh, uh, information on how to purchase them and not only do we have the information on how to purchase them, we also have, uh, instructions, a step-by-step illustration on how to do it, on on the place that, that, uh, the parent or the therapist or the kiddo wants, you know, step-by-step instructions, you know, so we also have that information on, uh, on how to, I would say the cost is not that pricey. You know, I mean, uh, you know, if you look at an a adapter, I mean, don't call me on this. And plus, the switch based on you know on what you get, we're looking at uh, under thirty, uh, maybe under twenty dollars, maybe
2: sometimes. Mm-hmm. Oh, all right, that's definitely yeah. beneficial.
3: Game changer, big time. Yes.
2: Mm-hmm. I agree with that uh, completely. Um, well, as Rudy said, we will be able to provide that information. Um, Rudy said you can definitely ask your therapist. We're going to put this on our website, createusa.org. Um, Rudy, we would like to thank you so much for coming out and giving us all this awesome information. Um, I feel like I'm ready to go and try to make one of these and see how I can use it in my session. So thanks for getting me excited. <laughs> yeah.
3: Well, I also want to thank you for bringing attention to, to this, you know, the good- I really believe that you know. Although we want um, our kids to to progress, and they are, and all that, I also want them to have fun. I want them to, get a, you know, the quality of life of playing is, is important, and uh, and you know, we all we all want them to have a, a you
2: know a wonderful wonderful childhood experience. You know. <laughs> <So>. <laughs> Definitely. No, thank you so much for giving us a little snapshot of what's going on in the OT world and how you can help keeping making crit that much better so thank you so much for your time we appreciate you thank you thank you thank you
1: next on the show we will be joined in person at a distance of course by three amazing ladies lucia will be introducing us to her adventurous teenage daughter also named lucia as well as discussing the impact that an adaptive switch toy has made on her daily life with spastic quadriplegic cerebral palsy While Becky, one of our wonderful occupational therapists, reviews the selection process of appropriate toys needed for this adaptive switch, factoring patient's likes as well as how it has impacted her progress. Enjoy.
0: You are listening to The re brought to you by Chris.
1: Hello, today on the show, we have these three lovely ladies, two Lucias and one Becky. (laughs) We're super hey. excited to have you on the show. Um, could you tell us a little bit about Lucia?
4: Hello. Well, Lucia is a 19-girl or teenager that has quadriplegic cerebral palsy. Awesome. What are mm-hmm. Lucia's
1: hobbies?
4: Well, she loves to hear music, see um, videos of reggaeton. Right, Lucita? She
1: likes to party, I know, because you (laughs) showed me some pictures. Just last week I was talking to you and um, I asked about the hobbies because you showed me some pictures of Lucia skiing, doing some adaptive skiing. Oh, she loves adaptive sports. Yes, and I just thought, It really is (laughs) extreme. I don't even like skiing half the time, so I can only imagine. Um, But she looked like a pro and she really looked like she enjoyed everything that you have her doing out in the community, I think is just awesome. Um, you also showed me a video that I loved of her running in her gait trainer and really she's just like super motivated by all the encouragement. So I just love that.
4: So definitely doing
1: way funner things than I am nowadays, (laughs) that is for sure. She
4: has obviously more fun sometimes. I know. Oh yeah. yeah, Mm Um,
1: how long has Miss Lucia been coming to Crick? Um, As long as it has uh,
4: six years. Really? And I think today's our
1: sixth year anniversary, actually. We're celebrating six years open here. So um, we're so happy to have you. Yeah. Um, We are glad that she's still coming. Thanks to you guys. Of course, of course. And um, what services does Ms. Lucia receive here? She received uh, occupational therapy and physical therapy. Okay. And then today we're just going to kind of highlight You said occupational therapy, right? So we were talking a little bit with Rudy about adaptive toy switches, and I believe Miss Lucia is someone that was a candidate that's using one of those, is that right? That's right. Perfect. What kind of toy does she have in particular?
4: Uh, She has this uh, um, bubble machine, and thanks to Rudy, because he was able to provide us the switch. Awesome. Yes, and uh, she loves her bubble machine. Very mm-hmm. cool. So how, how does Lucia use this bubble machine? With this switch, with this adapted switch, so she can put her on and touch it and, you know, make it work. It's the only way that she can do it. Um, she's using her fine motor and we're trying to encourage that with Becky already. And, uh, well, she loves it.
1: Very nice. this might be a question for Becky and Becky's the occupational therapist here. She's also um, NDT certified. So comes with a bag of skills for sure. Every time, every time she is um, doing the session, I, I usually creep up on her because I always notice how much fun her patients are having. If it's not with like sensory given skills like working with shaving cream there's just there's always to be seen like having a good time and I feel like that's something as a therapist I can learn from occupational therapists um we tend to be like hey let's do sit to stand we're doing transfers and you have to remember that these are kids right or teenagers and they want to do something that um they enjoy so why I guess the question is like why did you decide to introduce this um adaptive switch toy to Lucia?
5: We, we really felt like this was a good opportunity for her to pick what she wanted to engage with. She's a teenager, she wants to change music, she wants to have her own will on what she does. And oftentimes in therapy we feel stuck because we always present them with a the toy. We're picking it out because sometimes they can't come right down and verbalize to us what they would like to play with. And so this is a good opportunity that we know what she likes to engage with and it gives her the freedom to actually interact with something she loves to do. Music, bubbles, turning on lights in their bedrooms. It really opens a door for us to open up new doors for other avenues for Lucita. A long-term goal we have for her is to actually have her be able to change songs because she's really picky, what she wants to listen to. (laughs) And this will give her the chance of not having to have someone bring something to her. All she has to do is reach up, and it's at her back-and-call when she wants it.
1: I love that. So whenever y'all decided the bubbles, is it just something that y'all go through as activities? So you're saying like she enjoys music, she enjoys bubbles, and then y'all just thought of using a bubble machine as long as it was able to adapt? Is that how it works? The reason the bubble machine was kind of chosen is because it's a very fun activity that gets you excited.
5: And the Sita likes things that are fun. She doesn't like to be bored. She really wants something that's exciting and lively and it really fit her personality. And we could use it with other things like music or, or dancing. And so it was really able for us to use the bubble machine with other activities, so that's how we picked
1: it. That makes sense. Did you feel like you saw a difference with Lucia after she started using the bubble machine with her therapy? I definitely saw her reaching more consistently. Like she will reach for
5: toys and she'll reach for the phone and seeing photos, but with the switch, she knows that it's up to her. So instead of maybe 10 seconds, after every time she reaches, she'll reach again after three seconds and again after three seconds. And then as a therapist, that's building endurance, processing, visual motor, all sorts of things. Instead of her reaching once for a toy that's kind of lame and then I don't get her engaged for another minute. It definitely builds a lot of skills quicker and faster and that's what she needs, she wants to
1: advance. I love that. Yeah, I think the first time it wasn't the bubble machine that I saw, it was actually like this little poodle toy I don't know if it was with Mrs. Lucia, but um, yeah, and so she's reaching, and I, I think worked with her once before, and her mom had told me, you know, you really got to make the session fun. Lucia likes to party. She really likes to hang out, and I was sitting there like, okay, you know, let's reach for some rings. Let's reach for this, and it's just not fun, and then I think, like, the next session, I saw her with Becky, and she is just reaching for this toy for the poodle and having, like, the best time and laughing. And at first I took it a little personal and then I'm like, you know what? Honestly, my session wasn't wasn't that fun. So it makes a lot more sense to really provide them with something that they're gonna want to reach for and have a really good time. So I really appreciate um, really just giving me ideas sometimes with um, as far as like getting creative in your session. You wanna make sure Lucia's having a good time but still working hard. So that's really good. Other than that, um, I think the only thing I would ask is Do you feel like, because you were saying you're looking for something as far as music goes, have you found a way to make an adaptive switch toy for that particular goal? We just started the planning stages. We're all kind of brainstorming and she really loves the
5: cell phone. And with a cell phone, that's kind of difficult. So we're actually going to explore some using an old school CD player, because it has to have an on and off switch for these switches that we're using. that are really universal, and that's what makes them so wonderful. So these simple switches can actually, you could use it for anything with an on and off switch, but it's harder for the newer technology. And you need to have a bigger surface area for the switch so that they can be successful. And being successful builds confidence. If our patient is reaching for something and it's frustrating them, and they're not getting rewarded, they're not gonna keep trying. So right now we're kind of in the planning stages of going to the Goodwill and finding old school CD players.
1: No, that makes total sense. And you're totally right. I mean, she even just like she lit up right now and we do a CD play. So you can tell that she's excited for all these fun things to come. So I really just wanted to thank y'all for your time and it makes a lot of sense. So, real quick, actually before I go, so the, the, the adaptive device that they have for the um, bubble switch, I mean it's only like what, an inch and a half <laughs> in size. Um, but like you said, if it's something that's super tiny, which with like a cell phone, the buttons are like super tiny. So you can't even imagine having her hit something and it just really being able to control it on her own, I think makes a huge difference for, um, like I said, trying to promote volitional movement. So I really love that. Um, but yeah, thanks again for your time. I really appreciate it. Um, and thank you, Miss Lucia for coming by. Okay. I don't want to keep y'all any longer. Thank you. Thank you for mm-hmm. having us. Mm-hmm. Thank you for My name having us. Nothing is brag about
5: Lucita because she's worked so hard. Yes. Yes. Yay.
1: yes. And I feel like I said since since seeing her with this and I've been here for a little while now, um, I just feel like she just seems happier and she really enjoys her therapy sessions and I think that's what's most important. Um, like I don't want to come in here and just think it's like work work work. Like you really want to make sure that they're enjoying their time and I think that's what makes progress so much quicker honestly. So again, I really I really appreciate it and I'll let y'all go. Hi, Miss Lucia. Lucia is currently receiving in-clinic treatment with us. This might make things easier when needing to adapt the session to find something that will keep her engaged and having fun, but this may not be the case for you. So next on the show, Natalie chats with Dr. Physical Therapy, Carly Bitters, who gives us some insight on how she keeps her telehealth session fun despite the distance.
0: the re-eval brought to you by CRIT.
2: All right, so a big part of telehealth and this whole COVID-19 thing is we are stuck at home. And I know physically we're at CRIT right now, but families are stuck at home and it is a struggle trying to find ways to keep things interested and just moving forth and staying positive. So we have Carly from our PT department here today. (laughs) Uh, She is going to give us a little bit of insight about how we keep things interesting during our PT sessions specifically. Um, So Carly, I know that you work with a ton of kids um, from all over, and I can imagine when they're staring at the screen, it probably doesn't look much different than school. How do you keep these kids engaged?
6: Well, one thing that I think that I do is like, I'm pretty silly and I have no filter, so I'm okay being silly and you know, looking crazy or getting the wheelchair and having races. I also, um, like talked to other PTs and did some research and made some PowerPoints. So like with Frozen or superheroes or anything like that, we kind of put those on the screen to make it, you know, they had got to choose a character and then each character was associated to an exercise for them. And, and you know, we did a lot of races. There was a lot of bubbles and soap, and it was really dirty. And I felt bad for the parents, but it seemed like the kids were having a good time. And I just think utilizing also, like, household things, like soap and a straw, like, it, like you can have a lot of fun with that and just utilizing the technology that we have to make PowerPoints. You know, I think that can be the best options that we can do.
2: I think part of my... The easiest thing with telehealth is definitely being able to share our screen. Uh, I use that a lot in TR, so I don't blame you on that one at all. Um, how Have you had any difficulties like adapting equipment at home? I know CRIT is full of state-of-the-art equipment, and we have things that you probably haven't even heard of before. Um, so what do you do for the families that might not have that much equipment at home?
6: Um, I think something with that, like it's hard because you have to kind of see what they have within their home because not every family has everything that you know you would have in a clinic or even in my office so we kind of just see what they have and you know you utilize pillows and blankets and if they have like a little chair we kind of modify it to help the kid and put little step stools under them to like modify if they're short or if they're too short for the chair or anything like that so you kind of just see what you have and kind of go with it and you utilize a lot of blankets towels and pillows for sure
2: (laughs) (laughs) no doubt Uh, So my last question for you is what advice do you have for those families that are struggling to stay engaged and just uh, They're struggling to participate because they're on the screen all day and then they come to you Just what advice would you have for them?
6: Um, The advice I would have is like let's take a break from the screen every once in a while that you can and you know either go run around outside Or just go see the Sun. I think that can uplift the kids spirits like real quickly. Um, and then always just, I feel like if we all have a good attitude going in, cause sometimes the kids don't have as good of an attitude, right? Like they don't want to participate. <laughs> They're like, I've seen the screen too much. So I think if you like, you know, if they go in like, yay, we get to go work with PT or TR or OT or speech that day, like I think it can go a long way with those kids, and, and I have found that the more the parents are involved with it, like do the exercises with them or participate with them, the kids are more likely to participate as well.
2: Yes, I've definitely seen that in TR sessions too, plus like you said, though, I think the sillier we are, the more we laugh, the better it is. Yeah. So um, if you have any questions for your therapist or you have any ideas or just any ways to figure out how to stay Uh, in the loop and engaged please reach out to your own therapist you can always call us or you know just reach out and we thank you so much for being here with us carly thank you thank you for your time
0: this is the re-eval brought to you by crit
2: i feel like we covered so much good information what did you learn out of all of this
1: I mean, again, I can say this time and time again, OTs really do so much. Um, With Rudy's interview, I found out that with a simple battery adapter, you can make your own adaptive switch toy. Um, We've spoken before about motivating factors to encourage play therapy with your child, and this really may be a good option for you. And keep in mind, this link is gonna be on our website, critusa.org.
2: Yeah. And then there's Lucia where anything can be adaptive, whether it's your session or your toys that you're playing with, not to mention there's the aspect for um, adaptive sports. I mean, she does adaptive skiing. Anything can be adapted.
1: For sure. I mean, even Becky, she really puts light on um, taking into consideration what your child already likes. So, for example, Lucia enjoys bubbles and music, so this is going to be a key factor to consider when you're selecting your toy and also knowing that this toy needs to have an on and off switch to pair with that battery adapter.
2: As a nonprofit, we could not do what we get to do without your support, so please visit us at CritUSA.org for more information on our organization, as well to find the link to donate.
1: We would love to hear feedback from you. As mentioned, we are a podcast to serve you, so we are reserving the final portion of each episode to hear from you. Uh, You can also email us with questions or topics you'd like to have covered at podcast at CritUSA.org.
0: For more information about the reeval, please visit critusa.org Thank you for listening.
2: The information presented on this podcast is not intended to be used as medical advice. Please continue to follow the recommendations of your physician and or other healthcare providers. Please refer to your physician prior to initiating any modifications to your current healthcare regimens.